Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Healing Voices, a podcast all about holistic approaches to health and well-being. My name is Jamie Griffiths, I'm a massage therapist living and working in Hackney. In this episode, I'm very excited to bring you a conversation with Charlotte Tiffany, a naturopath working in East London. Uh, Very unusually, I am recording this introduction on the same day that I recorded the conversation with Charlotte. That's the 20th of January, 2023. And the reason I'm doing that is because this uh, episode is coming out very late. Um, I'm supposed to release these on the 6th of the month. That was the deal that I made with myself. But um, unfortunately, Christmas... New Year, work, family, everything got in the way, and um, yeah, this is coming out a little bit late, so apologies if you've been waiting for the latest episode to drop. Hopefully I'll get back on schedule, probably not in February, but by March I'll be back on track. Um, So yeah, I, I would anticipate that the February episode will come out somewhere in the middle of the month, around Valentine's Day. But um, yeah, without further ado, here comes my conversation with Charlotte Tiffany. I'm not used to talking about myself and what I do, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think I wouldn't want to be on the other side. Somebody needs to interview you. Yeah, no, no. Actually, that I'll do that. Me. That terrifies me much more than. I'll do that. Doing the interview. <laughs> Let's do that instead. <laughs> um, okay, so. Is it on? Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's recording. Okay. I'm joined by Charlotte Tiffany. Uh, thank you for coming on the Hearing Voices podcast. Uh, Charlotte is also um, also practices out of healing space on Chatsworth Road, among other places. Uh, and yeah, I've been excited about getting you on, Charlotte, because like I'm I'm fairly new to the world of like alternative and complementary therapies. Um, I've started my massage training like less than two years ago, I think. And so for me, like I'm picking up isolated bits of knowledge here and there um like encountering new modalities and new therapies and stuff and it's kind of exploded my previous kind of uh paradigm or idea of how health worked and how medicine worked but um i feel like you as a as a naturopath are kind of pulling all those kind of threads or you know isolated bits of knowledge that I'm picking up and can kind of have a a wider perspective or a kind of you know you're up on top of the mountain looking <laughs> across the, oh, far from the landscape it. Oh, but far from it um but I guess before like um we get into that we should let our let the listeners know who you are and what it is you or how you describe yourself okay um so I am Charlotte Tiffany and I am a naturopath um, I qualified back in 2009. Um, I still have so much to learn in terms of what is classed as, in inverted commas, alternative medicine, mm-hmm. therapies, um, forever learning from other people um, who are within that field. Um, especially the people at Healing Space, they seem to be very um, open and their energy is very vibrant. So it's really nice when you meet them in the corridors and, you know, you speak and you kind of connect with them because it's like a very deeply connected family that has grown so quickly over such a short space of time. Um, My journey into naturopathy began for me with homeopathy. Um, I reached puberty and I suddenly got this array of spots on my face Um, the doctor didn't really give us anything because I was too young to be given the pill at that time which is what they usually do and so my mum searched out a gardener 
Mr. Waterson. I, I can still remember him and I can still picture his face and his hands, you know, very worn, very, very earthly man. You know, he was, he was very strong physically and mentally and he was a homeopath. Um, he used, would have been termed as a classical homeopath. So it was mm-hmm. one pill, do the job, oh, okay. off you go. And that's what he did with me. And within two weeks, my skin was as clear as anything. Oh, okay. And I didn't get acne ever again until later on in life, which was stress-connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where my journey began, because he made that connection with me. It always stuck with me. And then as my path travelled through leaving the north come into the south and um, I I basically came to London to be an advertising photographer I did that for quite a few years and the amount of stress that kind of ensued with that job role uh, was all encompassing and my skin started to get worse again and then I thought okay I, I need to reconnect with this memory that I had of this man helping me with just this one pill. Whether you believe about homeopathy or not, mm. I certainly am a believer. It's very deep-rooted, and he was the perfect practitioner for me at that point in my life. Um, so I, I went on a journey again to find somebody who could help me naturally because I went to a GP and they just said, steroid creams, and you can go on the pill. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. When really I understood that my root cause was stress, it was my work. Yeah. Um, and then I, I found somebody to help me and then I thought, do you know what, over time <laughs> I need to change job roles. And um, so while I was still in the advertising industry, I completely changed my job role. And I became a naturopath. And I support people... Everybody, everybody comes through the door with a completely ju- different journey to anybody else in the world. And if you sit and you listen and you feel what that person is going through and you, you listen to the way they speak and you watch their body language, you can really deeply connect with them, even though they may not be aware of it and work out where the issue is coming from. Um, and, and really that's, that's what I do. I solve riddles, hmm. why people have got ill. Um, and I am very, very grateful that I, I changed jobs yeah. because my life is completely different. Um, in, in many senses when I was in advertising, it's very hollow, and I'm sure quite a lot of people understand that in their job role. You turn up, you perform what is expected of you, and then um, you leave and you go back to who you are and who your life is. But within advertising, it, it's quite cutthroat, and I didn't feel particularly satisfied with what I was doing, and I didn't think that it was really deep down for me I loved the creativity Um, that was fantastic and also I suppose naturopathy is a type of creativity because everybody who walks through that door is so unique that it's up to me to work out a plan of action in order for them to, to settle, to rebalance within their life and that in itself is a massive honour. I think therapists that I come across and chat to, most of them say what an absolute honour it is to be with people and to change that balance within their lives. So yeah, it was a, a great decision of mine to move away from advertising. Yeah. <laughs> for my soul, um, you know, for, for, for my spirit, for my mind, as well as for my body. And that is what naturopathy is. It isn't solely um, that you look at the symptoms. 
and then you sort out that symptom and you send that person on their way. It's absolutely not about that at all. Um, I think homeopathy, when I trained to be a homeopath, it taught me how unique everybody is and how not to have a um, set questions when somebody walks in because it doesn't work like that. Um, there, there's many different things that can affect people, whether it be um, relationships, environmental toxins, the medications they're on, um, the food that they're eating, the food that they're not eating as well can have a profound effect on our bodies. Um, yeah. So what was it that pulled you towards naturopathy? Or, 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 wait, wait um, a second, I, I don't understand. Is homeopathy included within naturopathy? Yeah, is it kind of so... Naturopathy so is more of an umbrella term that includes... The... So the, I suppose the definition of what and what naturopathy is is mm -hmm. that it is nature's medicine, um, and within that it depends how you've trained. You have to train as a naturopath, which is um, different to training as a homeopath, as training to a kinesiologist, etc. But um, once you've trained as a naturopath, which is basically um, the natural world of healing then what happens is some naturopaths are just solely that but for my journey it was very different so homeopathy really pulled me because of my mm -hmm. own personal experience um, nutrition really pulled me because <laughs> uh, one of my types of meditation is to cook I get great joy of literally just laying the food out chopping it you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. and then cooking it laying it on the table and then taking the time to eat it mm -hmm. that for me is a type of meditation so that pulled me as well um herbs absolutely it's herbs are one of those systems of alternative medicine where they are very functional but at the same time, they are so loaded with nutrients, which feed our body. You know, minerals, minerals, they are classed as the spark plugs of life, okay? So we need them to function. And herbs are a great way to introduce people to that way of living because they can completely consume the body in a different way in a very material dose way to where homeopathy um, is perhaps more mind connected mm. to the system um, I mean some people do believe that and it is right homeopathy does have a physical sense as well but um, and then there's medicinal mushrooms which I work with as well which is very earth based again it's very natural and um, just for the listeners, these aren't the um, mushrooms that will trip you out. These are yeah, yeah. medicinal mushrooms um, <laughs> in that sense. Um, and that in itself is is part of naturopathy. It, it's plant medicine and naturopathy is about nature's medicine. So those additional items on top of naturopathy is what I... Um, support people with as well as things like um, lifestyle mm -hmm. situations um, whether it be me discussing with them about movement within the body what is needed for them specifically um, exercise as well you know sleep um, and also social interaction which everybody knows is super important yeah. It calms us, it settles us. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I do work with people who are immensely stressed, again, because of personal experience. Mm. Um, there are a few, a few things that I have in the distance 
which I'm curious to learn about. So um, whether I bring that on board to my practice or whether I just utilise it to myself, okay. I, I don't know. But there are other things that, you know, life is intriguing yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ability to heal somebody really, really quite simply, I think is a phenomenal gift for any therapist. I think we need to take hold of it. Yeah. You know? um, the world has given us so many different things to support us. And when it comes to nature, we really need to reconnect with that aspect. Mm. Um, you know, so, sometimes some people, I might say to them, look, you know, um, what you're actually going through is very much because because of stress. Um, now, I can't remember the Latin word for stress, but I can remember what it means, and it means about um, being tightly strung. Oh, yeah. So it's something to do with tension or tensor. Yeah, or it, it's, yeah. it's a tightness. Yeah. And everybody that I work with who lives in a city has this level of tension, of this mm. tightness, this stress. Yeah. Um, and that, that goes for people, whether they're on the east coast of America that I work with or the Europeans or us. You know, if you're in a city, there seems to be that kind of energy, that vibration. And sometimes a simple prescription could be, okay, let's look at your work-life balance. You know, stress is a real silent imbalance to the body. So it could just simply be work balance and please go out and take yourself for a walk, you know, and try and move away from the concrete and yeah. get yourself into a park or, you know, go to a forest or, you know. Um, but yeah, stress, it's, it's evolved over the last couple of years, I feel. Yeah, because like there's been a big shift. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it, it is very disruptive to the balance that we need for our body to be able to function well. So just as an example, um, if you're in that fight and flight mode, your body is not interested about digesting food. As far as it's concerned, you either freeze or you run. So you become panicky. There's a lot of anxiety out there at the moment. And it's about getting people to understand that if they kind of reconnect with themselves, their stress will not become such a massive percentage within their life. They'll be able to digest their life so much better. Not right. only their food. Um, yeah, I've encountered this idea in like Chinese medicine, right, where you kind of the stomach doesn't just digest no. uh, food, but like your emotional kind of yeah life or your emotional food as well. I guess yeah yeah yeah. Um, I mean, most most of the people that come to me are they do have digestive issues. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be connected to stress. Sometimes it can be connected to the food that they're eating. Um, you know, there's, there's many different things, but I, I think predominantly kind of anything that happens within our guts will have a knock-on effect with the rest of the body system. You know, it holds, depending on the literature that you read, 70 to 80% of our immune system is from that functioning gut. So... If it's not doing too well, then we as a whole, as a body, will be compromised in terms of health or disease. Um, yeah. So th this is what's that the people call this the gut biome. Is that what you're like, referring to? The microbiome. The microbiome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we have um, a 
and I discuss this with people, you know, we have the oral microbiome, we have the gut microbiome, we have mm-hmm. the vaginal microbiome, um, and the urinary microbiome, and that there is research out there that um, perhaps our microbiome just isn't within or on us, on the skin, mm. but there's an aura of microbiome around us right. that travels with us, and that has a connection to whether we get on with anybody or not. Oh, right, okay. Okay, because bacteria is everything. Oh my gosh, bacteria is... We've lived for millennia with, in amongst bacteria and viruses, completely. Um, sometimes bacteria become a bit what we call opportunistic. Right, yeah. So they overgrow in the wrong kind of uh, dimensions, percentages that you'd really want them to be. And that's when, you know, something is out of balance. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do work with people with regards to their gut microbiome, but I also have women who come to me, like, for instance, if if they've tried to get pregnant or they've had miscarriages, you know, why why has that happened? Why, why am I not pregnant? You know, why did I have a miscarriage? But nowadays there are tests where you can... Um, check to see what the bacteria bacteria is housed within that environment and some bacteria can cause preterm births and okay. some bacteria can cause miscarriages um, the same for the oral microbiome if you if you consider the mouth as possibly our, our first port of call for our microbiome and our gut health and if you remember about me saying about the immune system and the gut. So if, if your oral microbiome is not healthy, you haven't been to the dentist for a while, or you've got a bit of an abscess, or you've had to have a root canal, but unfortunately that's become infected. Mm. We are constantly swallowing saliva. So all that bacteria which is housed within our mouth will trickle down towards our gut and it will have an effect within the bacteria of our gut which could have a knock-on effect in our health system so it's all everything is a naturopath and many other practitioners as well completely believe that everything within the body is interconnected nothing is solely on its own Nothing is an island within the body system. Your mind, your body and your spirit is completely connected. And sometimes people will walk through the door and they are very much about the body. This is happening, fix it. Which is fine. But as the journey with them goes on, they begin to realise that actually... um, I'll just pluck this concept out of, the, out of the air. But say, for instance, somebody is constantly getting uh, urinary tract infections, um, but that they can't understand why. And, you know, we do a, a panel to check what the microbiome's like uh, within the bladder, etc. And it turns out that the bacteria is okay. It could do with a little bit of work, but, you know, that the infections are still happening. And it is something that I would always ask if somebody comes in with recurrent u- UTIs is, okay, so am I allowed to swear? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> okay, so, uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, who's pissed you off then recently? You right. know, who, yeah, yeah, who yeah. pisses you off in your life? And it, there's literally a correlation between that and urinary tract infections. Not all the time. It can be bacteria. But the mind is a very powerful piece of... I don't know what to call it. But it's it's powerful. It's there. It's present. And we have... We are connected. Absolutely. Those three points connected into the whole... Yeah, well, it, it seems to me that, like, on some kind of fundamental level, like, mind and matter are, are basically the same stuff, yeah. right? So yeah. it's, 
Um, so kind of one thing. Yeah. But uh, you've mentioned the word like balance a few times. Yeah. Um, it, is that like for you? Is that the kind of the root cause of illness? Is some kind? Is always some kind of imbalance in? Um, from my from my experience, yes. Um, yes, it is. Mm. Whether it be um, so, it could be a food issue when you consider the way our farming industry and the world farming industry is um, at the moment. It could be very much related to food because of the lack of nutrients that are there in the soil nowadays. Um, the way things are harvested, things are done quite quickly because mm. they need a quick turnaround. Um, grains aren't necessarily dried in the way that they used to be. If that happens and then they're stored, then we're going to get mould within those grains. Um, pesticides are rife. You know, it's... The quality of food is, is immensely important, not just to um, our gut and our gut function, but it's also really important to our spirit and our mind. Yeah. Because um, food is there to nourish, not just the body, but it massively has an impact on nourishing the soul. I'm a great believer of this. Um, there has been in oh, maybe the last 20, maybe 30 years. I, I can't remember when the microwave was invented. Um, but if, if you go back in time to that point, you know, beforehand, everybody would eat pretty much home cooked meals. Um, whether they were made at the beginning of the week and you ate them for a couple of nights and do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you, you ate them and you ate them as a family around a table and that in itself is very nourishing, that social aspect of food. You know, that that is very important. Um, and then microwaves come along and we suddenly have this um, tray of, plastic tray of food. And so, you know, we irradiate it and then we eat it and are there any nutrients left? And now you look at the way the food is um, delivered to us, it's it's pretty much becoming so abstracted from where it originated from, but it's not nourishing our soul. It's not nourishing our brain. Yeah. Um, because the nutrients, sadly, are not there within the food when it comes to ready-made foods, fast foods. Um, yeah. It's something that we all need to be aware of because eventually um, that kind of... If, if we were to eat a diet of that type of food, fast foods, constantly, then the nutrients with our body would deplete our body and our cells wouldn't be able to function the way they need to. The minerals aren't there within the food to feed those cells, to create the energy that we need. Um, that in itself is a massive imbalance. Yeah. Disease process will begin. You know, we, we need to f literally flood our bodies with antioxidants. Um, so... I say this to a lot of people when they come in. It's quite kind of cheesy, but the rainbow of foods, of colour of foods, is so, so vital. Um, because it creates a body which can function better. The bacteria can become a little bit more harmonised rather than, you know, uh, possibly destructive in terms of creating a disease pattern. Right. Um, I mean, it's never ending, really. I mean, if if we consider fast food or ready-made food, um, there'll be lots of sugar in there. There'll be lots of salt. Mm -hmm. Sugar's very addictive. It's one of the reasons why they put it in those types of foods because then it'll trigger that mechanism in the brain, and you'll think, "Oh, I 
I could do with that again. Yeah. Um, so it's really important as a naturopath to educate people so that they understand exactly what is happening. And I think what's really important is, you know, I would love, absolutely love to be able to live to 100. Yeah. I would like to supersede the, the years that my parents managed to get to. But I, I would absolutely love to live to 100. But the contract I have with myself is that I want to be vital hmm. at 100. I don't want to be rickety as much as I can be. Right, you know? yeah. I want to be strong. I want to be, um, I want to be moving. I want to be having fun. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes people are, because we're so disconnected in city life, we very much um, kind of just keep on going, keep on going and keep yeah, on going. And yeah. sometimes we have to take the easy option. Yeah, and food can become like an afterthought, you know, can't it? It's just yeah. like fuel to keep you going. Whereas yeah. I think it can be. Yeah. In order to like make these changes, there has to be some kind of slowing down or kind of. Yeah. At least, you know, giving yourself the space to take it more seriously, you know, which exactly. is really difficult in like the pace of city life. It is. It is. And I know um, some people kind of get over that hurdle in that they know that they're creating a home cooked food and they'll batch cook for the week, mm. which for me is quite extreme because obviously real food only has a certain shelf life. Yeah, even if you yeah. do put it in the fridge yeah um, unless you put things like sugar and salt to it to preserve it yeah um but you know if we batch cook a couple of nights or make enough and pop it in the freezer and then we take it out of the freezer before we go off to work that morning you know yeah that yeah. kind of concept um i think can work especially when you have families yeah because that's when chaos can really ensue um, in regular life and you know it's so easy now to be able to pick up um, I don't know example a pizza on the way home yep. rather than you having to face to cook but you, you can cook meals relatively quickly Yeah, it's just understanding and the know-how and that's really another part of what a naturopath's job is is to make people understand that they can do it yeah. It is possible. Sometimes people just need a bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, nudge, you know, and belief that they can. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of I've talked about this on the, on the podcast before, but this kind of, I don't know, the, especially over the last few years, there's been kind of, there seems to be a trend towards, you know, um, or a greatly accelerated trend towards not taking responsibility for your own health or yeah. not taking, you know, yeah, not seeing that as kind of something that you are empowered to deal with yourself. Yeah. Is that, like, do you agree? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree because, you know, life in the 21st century is hectic. Um, we are, you know, full speed ahead. Sometimes we just have to stop and take account of what is going on. But unfortunately, the majority of the people that walk through my door, they've almost gone past that point and they need help in stopping and kind of backtracking and kind of re-engaging with who they are. Mm and making them understand what is achievable. What I always say is, you don't have to take massive giant leaps instantly to change your health. It takes tiny little steps and as long as you keep on taking those tiny little steps, eventually you'll look back and you'll think, wow, I have leaped so far from when I was ill and you know, habits can be created over time. 
There's no rush as long as you understand why you're doing it. Mm. You know, um, and that that's the other thing as well is that I've heard patients before say, "Oh, my mum has some kind of disease, and it's inevitable that I will get the same disease as her." And that, that is really quite sad that, that somebody has that expectation of their life to start with. But also um, we need to remember that that's not necessarily the case, you know. Um, when we are created, we have 23 chromosomes from mum, we've got 23 from dad, okay. And unless that um, connection goes awry, those... 46 will come together and create one person. It doesn't mean that if your mum has an illness that you are going to get the same illness. If you lived with mum and you ate exactly the same food as mum and you sat on the sofa like mum and didn't exercise and mm. then the chances are that your DNA will connect in the same way as mum's DNA did. Right, yeah, because yeah. the genes uh, express yeah. themselves Selves, due to yeah. the environment they find yeah. themselves in. Yeah. But if you suddenly decide that um, you are no longer going to eat um, fish and chips three times a, a week like mum does, and you are going to eat something completely different, which is, in adverted commas, healthier, hmm. then you are straight away beginning to change that gene expression. Um but it is up to the person to make the change. Because as therapists, we can we can say, oh, go do this, go do that. And, you know, you'll be fine if you go and do that. But ultimately, it's the patient who has to have the energy, the creativity and the belief to step forward and go, I can do that, but at my pace, I can only do so much at a time, mm. and that is completely acceptable. We just need to give people the space. We need to listen to them, absolutely listen to them, with completely non-judgmental thoughts. Listen to them and then basically offer them help so that they can become a healthier person so that they can live to see their children grow up their grandchildren if that so happens um, for them to be able to be um, functioning really really well without disease but it takes a lot of energy to do that yeah especially especially I think now yeah um But I guess if someone comes to see you, that's they've kind of already made their first tiny step in, this, in a way. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. to me, actually, that's a massive step. Yeah, yeah. That somebody's yeah. kind of almost holding up the hand and saying, look, I don't know what's going on. Um, can you help? Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I guess it's, yeah. It's a real, yeah. It's a real skill, though, I think, that, you know, for you to be able to sit there and kind of not just be non-judgmental, but also kind of to find the, the, the way to kind of keep that yeah. opening progressing, you know, because the person's yeah. opened up enough to come there and then you have to kind of bring that along. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, the people who take on board everything that is suggested to them, then they speed through. You know, they, they really do make um, big changes to their health, without a shadow of a doubt. But, you know, there are, there are other people who, you know, they just need to take it a little bit slower. You know, life is very hectic, relationships are very hectic, work is very hectic um, 
but I never give up on anybody. I think we just have to do everything at our own pace, but definitely have fun along the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think I think when somebody is in a, a disease state, they can become very serious because of the concern, because of the anxiety about what's going on. Um, so as my relationship with the patient uh, grows, then, you know, I will interject humour into an appointment, you know, for them to understand that you have to enjoy your life. You can't be religiously doing um, everything I've written out, but you don't seem to be smiling at the moment. So we need to, you know, get you smiling and, you know, just relax a little bit mm. and enjoy life. Because that, that's what it's about, you know. Um, yeah. what, what do you see as, like, your biggest sort of nemesis? Is it stress or...? Me personally? No, I mean, as a, as a, <laughs> as a practitioner, I mean... Uh, Well, I th- I think I think I have to say two things because they are so mm-hmm. impeccably connected, and that is stress in the gut. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, I see it all the time. Um, I would say over the last couple of years that uh, stress management, stress balance is something which is very much needed for everybody. Um, but that they, yeah, the two are interconnected, mm. without a shadow of a doubt. And that, you, you can see that when, um, by the way people talk, the way people sit down in front of me. Um, you know, some people will sit down in front of me and they'll have their phone sat next to them. And, um, they will be every now and again just picking it up and looking. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this is your hour to spend talking about you to me and I will sort the riddle out as to why this is going on, you know? It's, it's very rare that people are given a full hour to talk about themselves. Yeah. And they're asked questions. I mean, sitting here now, you know, um, this is this is rare for me, and it's like, wow, I'm on the other side today. Um, but yeah, it, it's an opportunity for you to be able to sit and open up. I find that the women that I support will sit down, and they will just spiel. They they will just tell me all the nitty gritty. The They've never met me before, but they will offload their deepest, darkest thoughts, um, some secrets, you know, and they will just offload. And that's fantastic because then I really know that kind of minute detail about the person. The guys, Mm. I'll be honest with you, they're a little bit more reserved, but over a few appointments, things will change and things will... Um, it's a little bit like a, a flower it will open up and it mm. will you know and of course you will always get those people who for whatever experience in their life they can't completely open up yeah. and that's perfectly fine perfectly fine and then you get the children <laughs> who are support children as well um, who will come in and they will be you know, shadowing, holding on to mum or dad's leg and, you know, not quite sure. But by the time they leave, I'd like to think that they're being as cheeky as they can be. Yeah. You know, and that that's what kids are meant to be. They're meant to be cheeky. <laughs> they're meant to push the boundaries because they don't know about social etiquette. Um, but yeah, it's it's an adventure, both, both for patients and it's an adventure for me as well. And I, th- I think that's one of the main reasons that I love what I do because I am 
I am honoured to sit opposite per a person and listen to their life journey, which when you think about it, the way they express that life journey to me, at either the first appointment or the second, because it will need to continue, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an honour to hear that. And the way they have spoken about it to me will be spoken to somebody else completely differently. Yeah. And some stor stories are very heart-wrenching and some stories are very kind of gut-warming. You know, it's just like, wow, you know, complete adversity. And yet this person is here alive perhaps not as vibrant as they'd hoped to be mm. but let's put them on that journey of being vibrant and understanding who they are you know whether that be because because when somebody becomes ill and they have a a label of a disease it's almost like not with everybody but some people they become the label of the disease yeah yeah and that strips away those those beautiful nuances that everybody has about that person. So um, it might be in a situation when they meet somebody for the first time, they'll say, hi, I'm such and such, and I have, I can't think of anything, epilepsy, mm. you know, and, and that just becomes who they are. Yeah, and yeah. that is not who they are. You know, that's that's an additional element and let's work with that, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, pa the power of the mind. Yeah, that's it is. Kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Is that, would that be like the first thing in that instance where you, that you'd be looking to kind of Shift. Um, you, uh, so, so usually when I see people, <clears throat> before I see them in person, I will have a phone call with them mm -hmm. where they can um, tell me what's going on, you know, um, a little bit of detail in terms of how long it's been going on, what the doctors have said, if they've seen consultants, if they've had any laboratory tests done, if they've had any blood work done, and they'll tell me about what's going on. I'll ask them a few questions. They'll ask me a ton of questions. And then um, you can usually tell that somebody has become that label of what the disease is. Mm. And then I make a, a mental note of when the, this person comes to see me, then that is something that I need to work on on a very gentle level. Because that person might have had that label for five years, 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. So you have to be gentle and, you know, over time make them understand that that is not who they are. It is just a small part of who they are. Yeah. And that they have a different kind of life force within them and that, that just needs a little bit of a massage, a little bit of um, cajoling for it to come alive again, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm sure most, if not all therapists will say that it, it is an honour to listen to, and to really listen to what people have to say. Yeah. And then <clears throat> to have the ability to act in order to create... Um, a more vibrant life for somebody. Yeah, and I think the two kind of, you know, the two are so interconnected. You're the listening and the the empowerment. It's I think it, like my, you you supported my daughter, and we came to see you. Yeah. And just you know, just the power of somebody sitting there and listening to your story instead of going to you know a doctor and being asked a series yeah. of questions of you know diagnostic questions. Yeah was I mean that was like a huge shift in itself you know and yeah so I think 
like it's the part of it is the being listened to like really listened to it's like well it's healing in itself isn't it it's kind of yes it is it, it is I mean un- unfortunately the way <coughs> excuse me our uh, medical system is you know take take London as an example you know there are so many thousands of millions of people here and there's only so many doctors and you have a very limited time yeah. to get across to that doctor exactly what is going on yeah. it's through no fault of the doctors at all it's just the way the system is yeah. um, but for somebody to be really heard to be listened to and then for an action plan to be to be rolled in to support that person you know it takes time yeah it really does take time i mean a first appointment with me <clears throat> can be anything from um 60 minutes through to 2 hours depending on what is happening depending on whether i've done lab tests with them before they came to see me um but that's that's a long time for a person to sit to be with me and it's not it my relationship with the patient doesn't end as soon as they walk back out of the door because then I'll be doing working through the case the discussion that we've just had and then before <clears throat> I create any prescriptions I will meditate and work out where I feel is best for that individual at that point and then I will make a prescription so whether that be from the medicinal mushrooms um, nutrition plan you know kind of foods they need to avoid just for the moment in time you know just until the immune system becomes a little bit more vibrant a bit stronger Um, unless of course you're allergic to food then you need to definitely knock that on the head um you know i work with liquid herbs and i work with dried capsule herbs as well you know and making those up and then it, it takes time you know real thought process time mm. to create something that will work for a person and each <clears throat> Say two people walk through the door and they've both got eczema. They're both the same age. They're both the same gender. It doesn't mean at all that they will get the same thing to support them. They may get the same concept in terms of food orientation. Mm -hmm. But in terms of prescription, it will be different. And the reason why is because their journey of having eczema is completely different it's completely individualized so seeing a naturopath is a very individualized process Um, yeah and each patient um, deserves to be given that time and I, it, it does um, when people come in and they, they talk about you know because I have to know I legally have to know what a doctor or consultant has um, prescribed them in their own right because I don't want to give them anything that could um, if they're still taking the medication I don't want to give them anything that may counteract or cause a problem for the body balance to take that on board so um, it's important to know where somebody has come from in their health journey you know it could be um, that one of those eczema people had a massive trauma and then that stress of that has caused that but then the other person it could be something as simple as do you know what let's just clear dairy out of your diet for a while and let's just see what happens. Um, but you have to be a bit of a detective yeah. to work out what that is. And you do have to ask some some questions which are quite personal. 
but I do kind of forewarn people that you know it may be a case that I have to ask questions that are personal but they are definitely in a safe space um, to be able to express what they need to express because ultimately that will make the naturopath be able to help them sooner, better, smoother. Um, yeah, it's a great job. Yeah. I'd highly recommend <laughs> anybody going into naturopathy. Well, it seems like we really need uh, a lot more of them. <laughs> not too many. Uh, yeah. No, the, the, there's honestly, it, it's it is a great job. It's um, yeah, it's good fun. It is really good fun, and. You know how I mentioned about, in the beginning, how I was in advertising but felt quite empty. I mean, naturopathy is a world away from that. Mm. It's very heart-filling, it's very soul-nourishing, and yeah, it's exciting. No two days are the same. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um. So you mentioned cooking, um, it's like meditation. What what else do you do to kind of work, look after your own health um, and well-being? Well, I walk a lot. Mm-hmm. I do yoga. Um, I listen to music. I do dance a bit, much to my son's <laughs> embarrassment. But, um, yeah, I think for me, in terms of my... I cycle everywhere as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think for me, I'm very lucky in that I have two cats and they are, they are quite amazing companions in life. Yeah, they are. They're little treasures. Very cheeky little treasures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love, absolutely love going to Epping Forest. Right. Any time of the year. I think it's fantastic. Um, Do a bit of mountain biking with my son. Yeah. But I'm usually way behind him. I have to admit, I'm not the best at that. Um, Yeah. Where can people find you? How can they reach you? Um, well, currently, um, I work at Healing Space on Chatsworth Road, um, Broadway Market as well, and I've also got an office at Hackney Wick as well. And your website is bubblecuddle.com? Bubblecuddle.com, although that will be changing this okay. year to charlottetiffany.com. Okay. But that is a process in its own lifespan <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah okay so probably just search for Charlotte Tiffany yeah I think that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah probably the easiest that, that may be the easiest yeah okay yeah. well Charlotte thank you very much again thank you very us. much it's been um, it's been different being on this side yeah but it's been fun Excellent. thank you Jamie not at all pleasure Yeah, I was keen to get Charlotte on for a while. Um, Charlotte uh, supported my daughter's healthcare, um, my youngest daughter, over uh, quite a long period. Uh, we went to her over a year ago after my daughter had been suffering from episodes of poor respiratory health for a while. Um, I think it's fair to say that when we went to her, we were in quite a bad state, really. We were quite feeling quite desperate. Um, Our daughter was in and out of hospital every few weeks, it seemed, with really bad episodes of wheeze. She needed steroids quite often. Yeah, and up up, up to that point, we'd been through the kind of allopathic medicine system only, the, the Western medicine system. And encountering Charlotte and her approach, I think, was not only really beneficial 
in the sense that it gave us a plan for changing, making lifestyle changes, um, changing our daughter's diet and our approach to kind of food and our environment and how we sort of arranged that. But also it kind of gave us some space to really reflect on the journey that we'd been on and the space to kind of make the changes we need, needed to. And yeah, since since that's happened, and you know, I don't know how much of this can be attributed to the interventions that came from Western medicine, and how much from the herbal support and the lifestyle changes that Charlotte recommended. But I suspect that a great deal of it is down to the the input of Charlotte. But our daughter is now very robust, very healthy she very rarely has episodes of wheeze and when she does she very rarely requires any kind of drugs so um yeah in short i think charlotte's a bit of a magician until february's episode may you be well